to the show, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I get questions on all the time, and it's something I'm probably a little bit obsessed with because there's certain things that I don't like. I don't like getting old and some of the decrepitude that comes with it. I love the wisdom. I love knowing myself and being comfortable in my own skin, of course, and that's uh, more than it ever has been, and that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, seeing the world through um, more experienced eyes is much more peaceful to exist this way. However, there's some things about it that aren't so great. And I fight all those tooth and nail. And I want to share with you some of the things that I've researched, some of the things that I do, actually everything on here I do. And also, you know, some real quick, you know, sort of tips. And you could always like, I always like to give you information that you can further research. I'm going to mention some nutrients. I'll mention a few concepts and, you know, feel free to look them up, take the, you know, take the ball and run with it. Right. So Let's look at aging first off, like what is it? And when I talk to chiropractic patients in my office, I always say, you know, it's a hardening and weakening of the body. And it starts at age 25. And we can look at the mind. It really does a fantastic job. The brain, brain health uh, tends to last a lot longer than body health. We don't reach optimum mental status. I mean, globally, the ability to use our brain, uh, it, it varies anywhere from about age 50 to about 75. Um, you know, you start to have some short-term memory issues in there and obviously dementia and different things that occur um, in, in, in your older years. But <clears throat> most of the time, your brain is just continuing to do a better job, certainly through your midlife, where after age 25, your body starts to do the stiffening, hardening, and weakening process. Uh, some of that's hormonal related. Some of that is just plain lifestyle. You're just sitting around too much. But you can pretty much lay on the couch up until age 25 and you're going to be beautiful, right? You're going to look great. You're going to build muscle. Uh, I certainly don't recommend that, but you can get away with it to some degree. Of course, you're going to get softer and you're going to get heavier and there's going to be some, some not so good things. But you're really riding on your youth and vitality at that point. After that, you will have what you earn. Your genetics will carry you a little, but pretty much after that, you're pretty much going to be what you've earned, what you do. So... Aging is an oxidizing of the body. It's something that goes on from an accumulation of molecular metabolites. So in other words, we sort of just accumulate a lot of the, the garbage that is in our environment, whether it be the air or the food or the water, some of our thoughts repetitiously causing neuroconduction, putting out you know, uh, bad chemistry, um, cortisol, uh, different things that you know, are tough on us over long periods of time. But all that leads to cellular damage. And when you damage a cell, it inflames. And if there's one word I'm almost tired of, but we got to keep going with it because it's a, it's a very uh, important concept, it's inflammation. So if the buildup of the cellular metabolites over time leads to swelling, inflammation, that's going to get in the way of many enzymatic processes, neural conduction, and we end up with a deadened response to the world. And if you look at when someone is, you know, quote unquote old, they are deadened a little bit and they don't speak as quickly. They don't move as quickly. Their response is slower to the point where sometimes there isn't a response when someone is really, really out there. So look, we want to look at how can we stop the cellular damage? Um, first thing, I, let's put it into like 10 points. Okay. So point number one, quality sleep. I go into this in all my podcasts probably because it's just so important. Rise and fall with the sun. Go to bed at nine, get up at 5 a.m. Okay. Now I know everybody hates that, but that is something you should do. If you're not feeling good, you want to really feel better. 
do that for a few days. If you can't do it all the time, fine. But if you're not feeling great, you're dealing with a serious health issue, get to bed early, get a lot of sleep, get yourself tired enough during the day, physically and mentally. In other words, go out there and give it your all. So then you're exhausted. I love falling, laying in bed completely done. I hate going to bed with too much energy because uh, then I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be up for two hours rolling around or whatever. I love by the end of the day that I've given my all, I learned something. One of my favorite definitions of success anyway. And I just collapse in bed. That's great. You get the greatest, deepest rest. You wake up in the morning refreshed, ready to go again. So sleep is very important. There are associated beta amyloids that develop when we don't sleep enough. And that increases your likelihood of Alzheimer's disease. There's been uh, the National Academy of Sciences put together a research study on that and said there was a 5% increase in, in these chemicals in your brain when you didn't sleep just one night. And now we metabolize some of those out, but some of those linger. And as they do that, they affect our brain health. So get sleep, point one. Point two, meditation, prayer. When you get yourself in a state where it's not all you and you can give it to somebody else or you can process it, the brain heals. It basically gets you in a state of calm where you can then put together thoughts in a more ordered fashion. I like people to journal as well. So writing your thoughts down, um, maybe writing what you're grateful for, uh, having prayer, having meditation in your life, however you want to do it in that category, but something where there's that mindfulness, right? That's the latest term they use. Uh, I've seen thrown around a lot. Um, but that is something, you know, there are, there is a difference in brain aging with people that do this. I had a monk that did a 20 minute to one hour meditation every day, which is kind of minimal for that, uh, for that profession. But after eight years, um, they were able to show that he had a four year decrease in brain aging. So he was basically, his brain was aging at half the rate that it should have been because of his uh, meditative states that he was getting into. So if you don't know how to meditate, there's a million tapes and versions on that. It's not that difficult to do. It's, it's basically, uh, you know, breathing and letting go. Uh, it's as simple as that. So that's number two. Number three, social interaction. I was looking at, you know, you think about how many people, how many songs are about loneliness, not just country songs either, right? There's a lot of songs about lonely, uh, feel, feelings of loneliness and abandon. And you look at it and it, it, it they've shown that one third of adults over age 45 um, say that they're lonely. So that's one third of people over 45 years old. Um, that can lead to increases in dementia. You think about how often we're dealing with this as a concept that people are losing, starting with short-term memory loss and then getting into more significant uh, forms of dementia, not knowing what day it is, all this kind of thing. And they feel that that kind of social isolation is adding to that. It, it increases inflammation as well, and it leads to immune system failure. And you think about the, the COVID isolation, the, you know, the lockdowns that we had and some of the detriments, the, the amount of mental uh, illness right now in the country and probably across the world is immense because of the isolation that was suggested uh, during, during the pandemic. So getting social interaction is one of the key things to slowing the aging process down, because in that case, you're gonna have also a stimulus to your neurology. You're gonna be challenged by conversation, let's say, or laughter, or just the plain, plain fact that you matter and that you care and that people care for you back, you know, a two-way street there. All that leads to it, okay? So point number four, 
eating fruits and vegetables, right? This is obvious, I think. I almost didn't want to even put this in here because it, it should be so obvious. But remember, we're looking at phytonutrient content, the type of nutrients that are tiny that are found in fruits and vegetables. So I eat the paleo diet. I've said that before, that works for me. I think that's a good diet. And I'm, I don't think that there's one diet for everybody. I think a person should trial error. The main diets that have been out there for a while, find, you know, but eating real food is really kind of the way I look at it. Eating in season. Um, and they looked at heart disease and premature death in general and its relationship to how many servings of fruits and vegetables. If a person had five servings a day, um, they had a 28 decrease in heart disease and premature death. And if they ate 10 servings, it was up to 31% decrease in uh, premature death and heart disease. So it counts. What you eat matters. You are what you eat, right? Number five, water intake. I go over this a lot as well. Basic principles, right? Half a gallon of water, half your body weight in ounces, however you want to look at it. And make sure that you're you know, also taking a mineral supplement so you don't dilute out all your minerals. I'm a big fan of having uh, base minerals in your body, even salt. I've said before, you know, your body knows how to get rid of salt. It does not know how to get rid of sugar, right? So carbohydrate, high, rich, simple, fast carbohydrates are, you know, a serious problem, something to look at. Um, as we age, we lose our sense of thirst. So we got to make sure that we know when we're thirsty. And the only way to know that is to just drink enough water. So you're making sure that you're covering your bases. And like I say, half your body weight in ounces if you can something along those lines. Every cell in your body needs uh, water. It needs hydration. You know, if you look at what life is, it can be summarized as motion and water at its base. You know, those two things are crucial to uh, living organisms. They move and um, they have water as the, one of their water and carbon as their base elements. Uh, weight gain, headaches, depression, confusion, memory loss are all associated with chronic low-grade dehydration. So make sure we're doing that. Let's look at other things besides the vegetables and fruits we talked about. Um, oxidation of the body. Now, when we oxidize, it's confusing for some people because oxygen is good, but oxidation is bad. Um, we can get into a whole talk on that. I won't, uh, I'll spare you with that for now, but we just want to make sure that we're oxygenating our body and that's where exercise, deep breathing comes in, water. Um, but antioxidants, green tea, vitamin D are some of the most powerful antioxidants. Um, there are the vitamins A, C, E, and D, also mm -hmm. antioxidant vitamins. Some of the most, the best, like sort of anti-aging, antioxidant foods, blueberries, nuts, spinach, and watercress. Now, watercress is something I don't eat a lot of. When I did this research, I thought I'd better start on that one. It's pretty cool. It has a lot to do with skin. And usually if you're dealing with skin, you're also dealing with lungs as well because they're from the similar developmental layer. So make sure you're doing that. Lutein is another nutrient that I got into here, and that's the green, yellow, and orange vegetables. Uh, lutein is a, is a nutrient that has a lot to do with eye health. Anyone dealing with eye issues should look into that as well. Um, we want to make sure that we are having the rainbow on our plate, right? We want different colors of food to make sure that we're covering and getting all those, not just antioxidants, but phytonutrients that fight cancer, heart disease, um, and then just about everything. Exercise, got to cover it. Important, as you know, 10 minutes to two hours a day is what I usually tell people. 20 to 40 minutes is optimal. Uh, it reminds the body of its purpose. It oxygenates the body. It pushes the waters around, right? We have fluid in multiple areas in our body that interact with each other, but they're not exactly in the same chamber. 
your cerebral spinal fluid, right? It wraps around your brain and spinal cord. That needs to move. That's moved by a series of contractions in the ventricles of your brain and also with spinal movement. So as a chiropractor, when we adjust somebody, we know we're really moving cerebral spinal fluid around uh, because of the force and uh, pressure that we use in the spine. The same thing with yoga and running and cycling and swimming. They are great weight training as well. They all are gonna move that cerebral spinal fluid, which is important to brain health, uh, oxygenation of the brain. Uh, we find that you know, when a person, when a body's reminded of its purpose, it does better. Uh, it, if, if you, if your body's anything you don't use, you lose, right? So when you, if you want to stop aging, remember the body needs to remind the body needs to be reminded that it has purpose. You think of the social isolation we mentioned before. If a person doesn't have any social interactions, uh, and everyone needs different amounts of that. Uh, they feel like they're not part of anything, and that is loneliness, and loneliness needs leads to dementia and other problems that are associated with aging. So we want to be socially interactive as well as physically active. Purpose, meaning, and responsibility in your life. I have patients that will tell me that, you know, they lack meaning. They're sad, they're depressed, and they have anxiety. And a lot of times I find there are also individuals that haven't, that don't have a lot of responsibility. They haven't taken on there. They feel like they can't. With all this anxiety and depression, I really can't take care of this and I can't take care of that. When you really look into it, oftentimes those individuals would be better off if they've had responsibility. I have, uh, I had a friend of mine and she was kind of living a pretty messed up life, drugs, all kinds of stuff. And then she got pregnant and I thought, wow, this is going to be rough. And just the opposite happened. As she got pregnant, she then had the child. It turned her into a fantastic mother as well as an amazing person. Because all of a sudden, that meaningless sort of sad life she was living turned into, oh, God, I have responsibilities now. Um, and that gave her meaning and her whole life changed for the better and she's never looked back. And I thought that was an interesting thing that a child changed her that much for the so much for the better in, in a sense, almost life-saving. And I then saw the correlation between having responsibility and deepening the meaning in your life. Jordan Peterson, one of my favorite authors, gets into this in a bunch of his talks. Uh, if you haven't uh, visited him, uh, he, he's written a few great books and he's on YouTube and um, uh, has, has amazing videos uh, regarding this kind of stuff between meaning and responsibility, if you want to go on more with that. Uh, and you know, last but not least, sauna. We did a video on sauna a little bit ago. And I have uh, one at my house that's a standard sauna. And then at my office, I have an infrared sauna. And they're subtly different. Um, a sauna heats the body, obviously, right? And when you heat the body, there's a couple of things that go on. One is that you increase what we call autophagy, which is the body's ability to break down old cells and make new ones. When you're young and everything is amazing in your body physiologically, you're very good at autophagy. A cell will get old, you will metabolize it as, as food in a sense, and then you will make a new one instantly and you're good as new. That's why younger people heal so much faster. When you age, autophagy slows down. So now you're carrying more half-dead cells around before they actually die and before you metabolize them. And then you finally get around to making a new one. So if you're walking around with even 3% of your liver half-dead in a sense, right, atrophied, and you haven't turned those cells into energy and replaced it with new ones, you're walking around in a sense older or less alive. So you want to speed autophagy to be healthy. Heat does that. Heat and cold both do that. Heat shock and cold shock, as we say, like ice baths and saunas. 
Um, the saunas did a little more research to do that. So I really want people to know that's part of being younger or stopping and slowing the aging process. Also improved arterial flexibility. Now, when we exercise and stretch and breathe deep, get adjusted, go to yoga, those are all things that expand, stretch, and challenge the arterial supply, the blood supply of our body, stretches out some of the arteries. Exercise actually makes you grow arterials and venules, tiny little arteries and tiny little veins to help with the nutrient and blood supply to and from tissue. Heat shock does the same thing in its causing of flexibility. So when you heat the body, it expands. When you freeze the body, it shrinks. That expansion and contraction or shrinking of the body enhances blood supply. It moves it from the deep part of the body to the outside and then from the outside back into the inside. You look at how people's skin is a different color, like it gets pinkish and whitish and different colors as it goes through different temperatures. And that's because of the expansion and contraction of blood vessels on the surface and then as well in, internally. So heat shock makes the heat shock proteins as well. And those are, those are manufacturers that speed up immune system response. So I'd say number three under sauna. Autophagy would be number one. Number two would be the arterial blood flow we just talked about. And the third one um, being the uh, ability of the body to produce heat shock proteins. Um, during COVID, one of the things I got into was looking at how saunas affected inflammation and affected the immune system. And there were a couple of critics saying, well, the body really doesn't get that hot in a sauna because the body has, to, has a very narrow temperature band at which it functions at. Anyone knows that if they've had a fever of 103 or 4, they feel absolutely terrible. Um, but, you know, we're not trying to heat the body in a sauna. It's core temperature. We're trying to challenge the body with heat. And when that happens, you produce heat shock proteins, which then in turn enhance your immune system function. It isn't like you're going in the sauna and cooking the virus or cooking the bacteria per se. Maybe on the outside of the body you are, but internally, your body is really pushing to keep that temperature stable. Um, and it doesn't really change that much, but the heat shock protein is what's manufactured from, from heat challenges as well as cold challenges. And that leads to an enhancement in your immune system. And when your immune system works better, you are younger because it will attack old tissue. It's part of the autophagy reaction as well. But when your body fights non-self, it fights cancer. And certainly one of the things associated with aging is the increased likelihood of developing all the big diseases, heart disease, cancer, as well as diabetes. So we wanna make sure that we're going after that, okay? So today to stop the aging process or technically slow it down dramatically, we wanna eat fruits and vegetables, intake water, green tea, antioxidant foods, as well as vitamin D, vitamins A, C, E, and D, blueberries, nuts, spinach, watercress, and lutein, which comes in your green, yellow, and orange vegetables, exercise, having a sense of purpose, meaning in your life, right? Being, get out of social isolation, be part of that as well. Be part of, you know, part of society, have, have social engaging uh, things going on in your life, get quality sleep, get into meditation and prayer. Um, and that'll pretty much create an environment where the body doesn't age as quickly or it slows down dramatically and you'll feel really great. Some of the stuff obviously is basic, but take some of the things that I've said here, research them a little bit more, find ways of inter interjecting them into your lives. Some people are like, you know, a, a radical. They're just going to say, okay, today I'm making a change and I'm going to do a million things. Other people are like, no, I'm going to add one thing in a week. Neither one of those strategies is bad or good. You know, it's what is your nervous system hooked up for? 
I have friends of mine that they're all or nothing, right? So when it's time to quit smoking, they quit cold turkey. Other friends of mine, you know, it's time to quit smoking. They've taken one cigarette out a week and baby step their way through it. Whatever works for you. Some people like the drama of, you know, of suffering, you know, and getting through something and other people want to just walk slowly and baby step their way out. There isn't that there isn't a good or bad way to do it. It's what works for you. So when you're putting these things in your life, um, put one in one in a month if you want. Everything in in this list here is going to be uh, is very crucial to you feeling younger, looking younger, and uh, being your best for as long as you possibly can. All right, guys. So that's that's the show for today. Uh, if you like these, you know, give them a thumbs up. Share them with people. When you share these kind of videos, uh, it really gets people thinking, and it really does them a favor. It's always good to share something funny with people, and uh, other times it's good to share things that are more you know, uh, uh, fact-based and are really going to create uh, big changes in their lives. So thank you for uh, tuning in today. We'll talk soon. Take care.